And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, Startup Hustle? It's Andrew Morgans, your host for today's episode, covering all things e-commerce and Amazon. We're going to have some fun today, as always. Before we get started, a shout out to Fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Um, speaking of a software, we have the CEO of Demand Jump, Christopher Day, as we're going to refer to the rest of the episode, Tof. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Happy to be here. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had some time today and I actually was studying Demand Jump um, kind of in depth before we before we got on. I got a chance to watch the videos, the demos of the software, um, the e-commerce geek and me got a little excited <laughs> well that's, i think it's that's pretty cool when yeah. did you guys officially launch uh we we started the company in 2015 started building the the platform in 2016 and um and the the latest feature that we go to market with uh we we just launched in q4 of last year so we're, we're okay. really excited so fresh i'm excited to talk about it um not just for the audience but you know in my day-to-day -day business growing e-commerce companies i think a tool like this is um the market has needed it so, you know, I think people need direction and this is a tool that can give people a lot of direction quickly. Um, before we go into kind of like what the software is about and what Demand Jump is, let's hear your story a little bit, Chris. Um, you know, let's, how did you become, have you always been a founder? You said you're, you're a co-founder here. Um, you know, is this your first project? Like, how did you get into the entrepreneurial space? Have you, uh, you know, tell me a little bit, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. So I grew up on a tiny little farm in the middle of nowhere in uh, northern Indiana. And um, I, I love farming. I think farming is great. I have cousins that have four and 5,000 acres, but we had 100 okay. acres. And that meant we had to farm with an old farm wall and a three bottom plow. Um, and we went to church in a horse and buggy. And okay. I, I knew that, um, I, that I wanted to do maybe something a little bit different um, with my life. I always had an issue with authority. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I knew from a young age that I wanted to do something on my own, but I had no idea what that would be. Um, I thought that would be general contracting. And so I, I went to Purdue and, and my major was in the school of technology, uh, but, but the specific major was construction management. Okay. And um, I did go do that for about four, four or five years out of school. Um, but then the way I got through college was a painting company. And one of the folks I had that painting company with called up after I'd moved, I lived in Atlanta about four or five years after school I moved back to Indianapolis and uh, one of the old partners in that painting company called up and said, Hey, I've got this idea. Let, let's go, you know, try to start this business. Long story short, we started a broadband company called Starcom okay. and we ended up selling that to Comcast. And then mm -hmm. the part of them. Yep. Yep. So then the, the customers we served in that, in that business called up and said, Hey, we have these utility problems. Will you help us solve those? And long story short, we start this automated meter reading company and built a billing software, and, and we sold that to uh, two different entities, Motorola, and then also National Water and Power, we sold the billing software to. Um, and along that stint, I, I did some commercial development, uh, had a bottled water company, 
Um, and then I think about the 10 year sprint, I had uh, four companies in four different verticals. I was exhausted and I was going to take two years off. And like any good entrepreneur that lasted three months, um, started an investment banking firm doing uh, M&A, uh, mostly domestic, but a little bit of cross-border work okay. and attacking most of the middle quarter of the country. Um, and that, that was awesome. But I cashed out of that after about four or five years, had a dot-com business during that, that stint. But that all leads into demand jump. So I met my partner, Sean Schwegman, about halfway into that investment banking business. And I was always frustrated with marketing, quite frankly, in, in mm -hmm. all those previous companies, because I felt like you we put a bunch of money into a black box and we really never knew what came out the other end. It was very soft. And I, I, I truly believe, and I'm not just saying this, I, I truly believe that marketers have the hardest job inside of any company. You, mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't see, touch, and feel um, you know, what you're trying to achieve. It's, it's the, the internet is nebulous, right? It's, it's out there somewhere. We can't really see, touch, and feel it. And if you look at finance, you look at warehousing, you look at sales, you look at you know, ops functions, et cetera, everybody has a finite, a finite set of data that they can pull into a platform, centralize that data, apply some BI to it, and and get better results, right? Whatever yeah. that's trying to do, whether you're trying to, you know, reduce your, your collection cycle or whatever it might be, you know, sending boxes out the door faster, whatever it might be. There's all kinds of tools out there to, to, to help improve that ROI. Marketers, their job has gotten exponentially harder, we believe. Um, you know, what's Facebook, right? Is, is it programmatic display? Is it social? Is it, what is it? It's, it's multiple channels in one. Um, so not only are channels splintering, um, but we all know the stats, right? 90% of the world's data was created in the last few years. Um, the complexity of digital is, is off the charts. And it's just, it's just impossible for a human to try and sift through the mountains of data to cleanse that data, right? To combine that data, to understand what would be the most powerful action they could take next that will drive that desired result and, and be able to quantify it to the CFO, to the CEO, to their boss, right? Yep. That, hey, these actions I'm taking, they actually are working and it's driving a, a quantifiable revenue return. So that's kind of how it all came about. My, my, I, should, I should add my partner, Sean, was the CMO for Overstock um, from, three, uh, from 3 million to 800 million. And he is a, a just a data-centric, just maniac. Um, just love swimming in deep ends of data, right? And, um, and, and so we thought there has to be a better way. And I think a lot of this stuff that we see out there is, is that wasn't even possible probably seven and 10 years ago. Um, we didn't have the computational power to pull this stuff off. And, mm -hmm. and we didn't have database structures really until, I don't know, seven years ago, plus or minus. And then you've got to, go, then you've got to figure out the right math to apply to these novel and, and elegant problems. Um, and that takes a lot of trial and error to figure out what algorithms to combine in unique and different ways and, and let that machine learning, right, get smarter and smarter and smarter. Um, and so it takes time. It's not like something you just wake up one day and like, I'm going to throw some, well, some people do, I guess. Um, you know, you don't just throw an algorithm, you know, at a set of data and something magically happens, right? It, right. it takes a lot of, a lot of hardcore math and, and, and data to make it work. So that's kind of the history. No, I love it. And very impressive. Um, extremely impressive. Like I am in the M&A space, um, learning that, trying to learn that, you know, I've acquired a couple of small ones, small e-commerce companies, 
um it's a lot it's a lot to learn um you know and it's just uh just seeing businesses as products for the first time i guess in a way is a just a different way of thinking uh you know it's an evolution for sure um so yeah i i commend your story i have lots of questions um you know your story to you know the way you describe the web and marketing in, in the digital world today that's what marknology has done this isn't a sales pitch there's other people that do what we do but um understanding the algorithm that is amazon i've been doing it nine years straight almost obsessively um how to grab the data so understanding advertising before because amazon doesn't give you data the the only data you could get was advertising so i was using it as a major source of um you know data acquisition on the platform and how do you interpret what's working there with keyword search into the back end of amazon into the listings into the a plus copy into the alt text of the images um you know into uh, the same copy into the images so it resonates with customers and getting conversion rates at like 48 percent on listings like years running um it's just the segmentation right um and it's like that that alone part of the frustration is like i know i'm just dipping a like hat into the amount of data like what you could do with all of it and watching the space evolve kind of around e-commerce around amazon you know amazon's newer than all of e-commerce but it's a part of e-commerce now and um you know watching it evolve watching the mad attribution watching these softwares come about i've been trying to build a reporting tool just as as a dashboard tool you know for my clients and my agency for four years i'm on my like fifth one probably um you know so how to present that data how to story tell with it how to show them you know what's really going on on this platform in a way that they can understand quickly and easily and um everything from sessions you know which is more like you know page views to like the conversion rate to um you know on amazon everything matters so um what's your sell through on product determines your ability to send product to Amazon. So if you don't maintain good sell through across your products, then they're going to keep you from being able to ship in product, which is then a logistical problem. So you have to be like holistic with the data, really, to really understand what's going on, at least on that platform. Um, And on on the website, getting a good uh, SEO person into my team was huge in regards to you know blogs hitting home and starting to rank for the keywords that we should have been ranking for and um you know this is demand jump is just the next level of that let's talk about the software a little bit for everybody that's tuned in we've kind of been bragging on it um because i'm definitely giving it a shot i was sold i was like did 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 i just get sold on this software i think i did um (laughs) you know it was easy you didn't even have to you didn't have to sell me i was sold before i got on the show today um but let's talk about it. Okay, so the definition we have here off the site is Demand Jump is a customer acquisition software that shows marketers new sources of growth online. Their mission is to understand the world's competitive digital data and make it actionable for marketers everywhere. The company's software uses artificial intelligence that shows a holistic view of the data, overlays absent data, and maps that target market behavior, enabling marketers to make better decisions by providing actions that maximize return on investments. And um, that was beautifully written. Um, in, in short, what it does, I'm going to explain it, and then I'd love you to go into the science of it. Um, but it allows people that don't know where to start, where to begin, like where should their team be focused on, um, identify 
topics that are important to your business or that you're a thought leader in or that your company solves for or that whatever that is around your business and coming up with a strategy, it helps you find those keywords, find articles to write about, um, you know, using Google search, using the algorithm, using data insights on search volume and kind of a spider web of how these keywords work. Um, but shows your team exactly how to like what to write about, um, who to target and how to make your content on your website, um, you know, in your blog, uh, in your content, in your emails hit home, you know, yeah. and I think that's, uh, you know, you talked about that's why I went to the Amazon space was it was one of the only places in e-commerce at that time that I could directly tie in a marketing action into a sale. And yep. I was struggling to do it with affiliate marketing. I was struggling to do it with email marketing. I was doing a bunch of freelancing across different projects and yep. I couldn't really draw the straight line. I knew it was important. Couldn't draw a straight line. I could draw the straight line in Amazon. So I started crushing it there. Yep. That's, you know? that's a, that's very interesting. Um, yep. That's exactly right. So if I, if I had to say it's the highest level, the platform does a lot of things, but I'll just, I'm going to kind of just pull yeah. tear it down to two major things. So at the highest level, we, we think of demand jump as a, a marketing strategy platform. Marketers today still largely have to guess at what to do next. And we're trying to replace guesswork with knowledge. Um, and we say we, we start with content and then we close the loop with attribution. Uh, so use case number one is 90% of the web pages and blogs out there, 90% percent of the web pages and blogs out there never get seen mm -hmm. that is an astounding number if we all went to bed tonight realizing that hey tomorrow when we wake up nine tenths of our day is going to be wasted that that would be a buzzkill that would be a huge buzzkill and, and yet that's that's what's actually happening in in the yep. real world and so um so on on content you know, people talk about funnels and they talk about flipping the funnels and we have another word for the funnel. Um, basically, we, funnels are dead. The, the mm -hmm. internet is a spider web. It's a graph, right? It's a three-dimensional thing that expands and contracts. New competitors come, uh, you know, competitors go out of business, competitors enter new lines of business, new trends happen, new fads, um, new buzzwords invented by investors, you know, it's always changing. We find it changes about 22% per month. And so the way the platform works, if, if I sell customer success software, I literally can enter in that as a pillar topic, customer success software. In 15 minutes, the platform maps the entire world, builds a graph, builds a network, all the networks of networks around that pillar topic, and just simply tells me, if I want people to see me, like, why do we market? Because we want people to see us and theoretically buy from us. And so if, um, if I enter in customer success software as a pillar topic in 15 minutes and maps the world and tells me, here's the most powerful questions ranked in order. Here's the most powerful searches being conducted. Here's the most powerful websites ranked in order. And the list goes on influencers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But use case one for content. If back to we're merely marketers are merely players in the field, there's buyers and sellers, just like players in a game. And then there's a referee and the referees, the search engines and the social engines and the marketplaces, et cetera. They have rules. They have rules. And so they're in charge of how the game's getting called because they want to serve the end customer and consumers. They don't care about you or I, right? Trying to sell something. They're Amazon's trying to customer focus. 
And yeah. I've always like, I, I didn't mean to cut you, but like, this is, this is huge. I try to, if for my listeners that care about Amazon, I try to tell everyone I talk to this, I said, look, there's black hat, there's this gray area, there's walking the line, there's these like things you can try to do to rank better and yada, yada, yada. Amazon is a system that was built. Its intention was to make customers trust e-commerce by yeah. getting stuff shipped in two days, by no hassle returns, by like click, 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 the same uniformity of the web pages, uh, yada, yada, yada. So if the platform is built for that, yep. lean into that, lean right. into, lean into the rules. The more you understand the rules, the better you can operate within them. And so, you know, we were founded around, we weren't doing all these like kind of crazy things that, that a lot of Amazon sellers were doing when they were trying to private label and whatever I knew of them. But I said, this platform is not built for that. It's built for the exact opposite. It's not built for sellers. It's built for the customers on Amazon, That's eBay, Etsy yeah. built for the sellers and Amazon is built for the customers. That's right. hundred percent. Correct. I'll, I'll give you a, here's one example. It's one of my, a fun example, uh, lipstick. So the most powerful question in the world, and this is from six months ago when I ran it, but the most powerful question in the world for lipstick is what does lipstick stand for? Really? Is the number one most important, powerful question asked by the customer, by the consumer, call them a customer, call them a consumer. We think they're interchangeable. Not one, zero manufacturers of lipstick were answering that question. None of them. Gold. So it's gold. Right. So if I answer that question, if I may, if I'm Maybelline, if I'm Revlon or whoever makes lipstick, if if I focus on like what I think is a manufacturer, as presumably if I make lipstick, I'm an expert. Right. I'm a domain expert at the compounds that are used and the organic things and the you know whatever you would use to, to sell lipstick colors and all those kinds of things. And what people naturally want to do is jam that down your throat. Right. We have the best lipstick because it's got the, you know, some fancy new organic ingredient that we've discovered. And it's made out of tea leaves that are buried 30 feet under the ground, only in shell conditions that have watershed, whatever. Nobody. I cares didn't want to know that. any about that. I didn't want no, to know no. any about that. Why are you shoving what you know down my throat to show me yeah. that you're the best and the thought leader in the space? Like you yeah. should be selling to me and what I want. Right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's I've even had the same issue. Like I, you know, when I was speaking you know, on Amazon and different things like that, you know, when I was in, when I was early on and, and doing some conferences, it was like, I was trying to get my feet under me and it was, you know, I was trying to create these PowerPoint slides, um, or these speeches or like these presentations that were like advanced Amazon. Like if people are at this Amazon conference or this e-commerce conference, I'm like, they want to learn the good stuff. I'm going to show them just like, you know, Marknology's expertise, like, you know, and that's, and it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was coming at it from a place of ego or anything like that. It was just like, I want to give them value. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Like, I want to give them like real value. I've been putting out free content, like on my, on this podcast on YouTube for years and years, like trying to, trying to be a thought leader in this space. I was just putting content out and I would do that in my speeches. And then it just like hit me, um, like a truck. You know, like everyone here is still 101. They're yep. still 101 and that's okay. But, you know, I don't need to be talking to them about advanced advertising strategies on the Amazon when they don't know what a sponsored product ad is, you know? And so it just reframed the way I was doing everything. Um, yep. You know, sometimes you just, you struggle till you figure it out. But, um, you know, bringing it back, bringing it back to you, um, they're missing the ball. Most people are, most companies, most marketing companies are missing the ball. Um, 
you know, they're showing a Cialis commercial to everyone watching the football game. Yeah, you know, um, and I, I understand top of funnel and all of that, but like that's just not where we're at right now in 2021. Um, you want to feel like, oh, how do they know me? Like, how does this company know I was looking for body wash? You know, right. like, and so if it gets like super segment, everyone feels understood a little bit in in their buying, you know, their consumer pattern, um, and they feeling understood, and they're like, I'm gonna give this brand a shot. You know, like, oh, convenient timing must be, must have been a thing, must have been, uh, you know, a line for me to buy this or whatever. And they, at least emotionally, subconsciously, they're feeling that if you get it right. Um, It comes down to trust, right? There was, there's been a a bunch of studies recently around trust. And I think that the numbers are roughly 30 to 34% of consumers trust the brands that they buy from. That's an abysmal, scary number. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, we don't, Back in, you know, 20, 30, 40, even longer years ago, there was a lot of loyalty, right? Like Levi Strauss jeans or whatever. People would buy, you know, Levi or Wrangler and there was this loyalty to buy, you know, that product. There are so many options out there today. That loyalty, that same loyalty just doesn't exist. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. how many types of jeans can can you buy now? There's there's hundreds or maybe thousands. And so people are going to buy from people that they trust. And when they have questions about, you know, the best new stretchy gene or something, whatever, we could enter that in the platform and find out what the most powerful questions are. But if you answer those questions, when I answer those questions, if you're served to me and you're answering those questions, I am going to trust you. And I'm going to think this brand knows what I'm trying to get at. I'm going to look at their product. Correct. It's just a natural, we think about in real life. Here's another analogy I always like to use. It's, I think is kind of funny. But just imagine that after this podcast, you know, today, you you leave and and you decide you're gonna buy, you know you're thinking about buying a new car and you wheel into a car lot and you're thinking I might buy an Audi, and so you look at the Audi, you kind of drive through, you you walk through there and you decide not to buy yet, and I don't know if you're married or not, but let's see your wife calls and she's like, honey, bring home a you know bring home a chicken for dinner, mm-hmm. so you run across the street to the grocery store and you're looking for a nice juicy chicken to buy, and that Audi sells guy shows up in the aisle at the grocery store shaking a flyer in your face like you want to buy this Audi how about the red one how about the blue one and then the Porsche guy saw this happening across the street and he shows up in the aisle shaking no you really want to buy a Porsche don't buy the Audi you would think that that's weird and mm-hmm. you you might even call the cops right and you're definitely not going to want to buy an Audi or a Porsche anytime soon probably it's going to turn you off yep. that's exactly what people are doing digitally LinkedIn, LinkedIn advertising, like I'm spammed. Like, I wish I could have got that kind of girl action back in the day. Like the, the spam that's happening in my LinkedIn DMs is ridiculous. You know, there's a car wash down the street. That's the best car wash around in Kansas City. It's a drive through. It's always booming. It's packed. They have a membership that you pay a monthly amount to get unlimited car washes or whatever. And the thing is, I just don't get my car wash that much. And it's in North Kansas City. And I don't want it. I just don't want another subscription. It's not, it makes practical sense to buy it. I understand that, but (laughs) I don't want the membership, you know, and I go in there and I have started avoiding the car wash because every time they insist, even if I'm like, I don't want the car wash. I just, I don't want the membership. I just want to pay for the car wash. Right. So it's turning me off. Right. It's turning me off to a great product really um, because they've got their salespeople so incentivized or something like that, that they're pushing for these numbers that they're just like shoving it down my throat. 
Um, and I'm like, I don't want it just because you're shoving it down my throat. Right. So the same thing happens on Amazon, just to bring it related to my world is like, you know, these sellers will be like, well, I want them to, I want to rank for every possible keyword that's related to my product ever. And that's not the case. You know, if you're selling a blue, blue jeans, let's say you're selling blue jeans and you don't want to show them red chino pants. Right. So it's like, you need to segment. You can't just rank for pants. You need to be like talking to the guy that wants blue jeans or the blue jean Levi's. Um, and so, you know, Amazon's catalog is such a mess because of how it started, um, that it's like so important for brands to get their data correct. Um, you know, don't be confusing your customers. They want to trust you. Marknology has a completely different strategy than we employ for like what we do as a service, which is, um, direct consumer marketing for brands. We like, we understand the Amazon platform for them and Shopify and even, you know, hashtags and social media, like Instagram, these influencers have figured out if they hashtag correctly with the right content, based on what people are searching, what hashtags they're searching. Um, and if they can speak right to those things and get their market, right. Um, they'll explode. Right. And that's why they can go viral or something like that. If they create a good piece of content that people, people enjoy. So, um, passing the mic back because I just, I get really passionate about this subject and I, you know, I feel like we're a smaller company. Um, but I think in the thought leadership space of Amazon, we're among the very best. And, um, like for the longest time, SEO, people didn't believe in the power of SEO and the, in, the integration between how the advertising and the organic SEO on Amazon works and how they work in tandem. Um, people call it the flywheel, but it's, you know, it's a little bit more than that. And, um, you know, how the, and then as Amazon builds out their advertising, it becomes more and more and more important to understand that strategy and what you're doing. Yep. Um, and so, you know, just have had a lot of passion about SEO and getting it right and segmenting. And typically when we come on with brands, we're not doing anything that's rocket science. Like you said, I think earlier was it's a bit of, a bit of art and a bit of science, um, you know, and you're trying stuff all the time. But wouldn't you like to be, you know, trying blog articles that actually are getting read by some people, you know? That's exactly right. Andrew, I think you're spot on. Maybe it wasn't this way when the Internet first came around, but it's definitely true today. The SEO organic, it is by far the number one most important thing to get right. We used to be able to brute force our way with paid efforts, right? Because there was... Because the yeah. paid efforts were cheap. Paid, paid efforts were cheap. And, and now there's so much competition for mm-hmm. the paid. But on top of that, the search engines are watching to see whatever you're bidding on, are you aligned organically? Is your SEO and your organic structure aligned with what you're trying to buy? And if you're not aligned, you're not you're pleasing gonna, our customers, then we don't want our- to show you your stuff. We don't want to show your stuff. Right. And when it does get served, it's going to cost you two or three or four X more. And it's, it is painful. It, 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 I don't, I think marketers are realizing it more and more, but it's, um, th- there is no question that the data shows SEO organic. That is the number one, most important thing to start with. And then you layer it, it impacts everything downstream, whether it's even getting served, if you're paying for something or not, even if you can get the opportunity to be served, we're aware of uh, one customer that when we first got started, Google wasn't even letting them, um, they were willing to pay, I think it was roughly $250 a click for a certain phrase. Google Google wouldn't even let them pay for it. 
that you couldn't even get that high because their organic was so mismatched. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, that's a huge number, right? Um, mm -hmm. And like, that, that's how, that's how serious this issue is. So like if you, if the, if the SEO and organic is not right, nothing, I shouldn't say nothing will work downstream. You will have some luck. You will have, there will be some results, right? That people will get, but it is either going to be extremely inefficient um, from a traffic and a conversion standpoint um, slash cost at minimum two X. And I think some of it is, I'm going to just going to say it out there because we're talking in generalities about marketers, but you know, it's laziness because segmentation is hard work. Yes, it segmentation is. is hard work. I think in um, wh whatever industry you're in around this space, like it is hard work to segment. That's what makes good Facebook ads. That's what makes good Instagram ads. That's what makes good Amazon ads. That's what makes good SEO. That's what makes good organic content. Um, you know, it's hard work to segment that kind of stuff out. Um, and I think that's the difference. This space is getting harder. And so it's separating kind of the people that are going to put in the work. Um, and then also it's the long game strategy. Like people are in it for the short, you know, build and flip. And that doesn't work for organic traffic. Like you need to have a long game strategy, which is a blogging strategy. And you can do all of the things, right? And you need a balanced attack. I, I do believe that. Yes. Um, but, you know, seeing a Facebook ad, nothing makes me trust them less to bring it back to trust. Nothing makes me trust them less than clicking on an ad, a Facebook or Instagram ad that catches my attention. I go to the brand's account and they have no posts, nothing related to anything. Um, they have, they're just like, threw a couple of posts up and are running ads. And like, yeah. you know, I'm like, you haven't done the work. At yeah. least it turns me off. Um, my trust is gone. I'm like, this is just someone throwing something up and running an ad trying to convince me or, or trick me. And I'm, and I'm yeah. gone, you know? Yeah. So I think it's a little bit of that. It's, um, you know, playing for the long game. Yeah. I, you're hundred percent right. It, yeah. The organic strategy is not something you set up for in 30 days and, and get it all set up and then we're good to go. And now you run off and do something else. It's you're, you're exactly right. You, you've got to pick kind of two or three, depending on what the budget is, right? But there's there's going to be at least two things, one being organic and one being paid. And then you look at what channels you you go into, but you, you can't do it all. It's, it's become so right. complex that unless you have a large team, you can't do everything at once. And so you, you've got to pick your kind of rifle shot, right? It's, it's a rifle shot approach to a shotgun approach. Um, you'll spray and pray, right? It, it just doesn't. Uh, I mean, I'm Martinology is, you know, um, we're on pace to do a couple million this year if we continue, you know, the way we're doing. And um, I don't pay for any advertising. Yeah. Um, and we're busy, busy, busy. And it's not all referral. It comes from Google. It comes from everywhere. Um, comes from Instagram, comes from Facebook, comes from the podcast, comes from content. We're just creating content, just like this yep. podcast title, Consumer Behavior Explained, what we're talking about today. That There was research behind that. That's a search term yep. that people search, right? Um, right. And, and so building content like that, I say that for anyone listening to just understand that, you know what, I'm a bootstrap guy. I, didn't, I don't come from money. I don't have investors. I didn't have investors. Um, I'm not against that. I'm just a bootstrap guy. I'm someone that's figured out how to grow a business out of nothing. Um, and so you have to know the freeways. What is that? Invest your time, write some great articles, do some research, you know, figure out um, what people want to hear. For me, it was, uh, you know, I've tried a bunch of different things. It was, um, I see there's so much content out there about negatively about Amazon. 
that's kind of like, I was just like, I care about my space. I'm doing awesome stuff for brands. I want to talk about it, you know, just hoorah. And I started seeing that there was just like, it was always a negative article from a Facebook ad guy. It was always, um, you know, a negative blog from this company that wants you to, you know, shut it for Shopify, some Shopify stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, who's putting out positive stuff for brands or telling brands how to face these challenges? Um, and I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, you know, so starting to create content around that. Um, and then as the space has evolved and now I've got a bank of content to pull from. Um, and I, what I guess what I was trying to say is I didn't even know exactly my strategy, like demand jump offers here. I didn't even know my exact strategy. I just knew that I wanted to put out content that people would read and gain confidence around Amazon. Yeah. And you're an anomaly, Andrew, right? There, there's, we see when we load up companies in the platform, it's, it's eight or nine out of 10 companies are, they're missing the mark by mm -hmm. far. Um, and, and every once in a while, we'll come across a company that, that they're doing the work <laughs> that you described earlier, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're trying to do some analysis and, and really try to take a strategic approach to connecting with their target market. Um, but, but I, and I won't mention the names, maybe that wouldn't be nice, but I kind of want to in a way, but I mean, we're talking major household brands, household brand name companies um, that, you know, they, they, they have a package that sits, you know, on a Kroger shelf and that's their marketing. And so, and we can you know who has horrible marketing on Amazon, Nike, if Nike's listening to me, call me. Yeah. Uh, anyone like I'm telling you, Adidas is kicking your ass on Amazon and they don't even know what they're doing and they're doing yeah. a better job than you guys. I think you guys are just, you know, boycotted Amazon early on. You need to revisit that. At least get your brand looking sharp. You guys are too great of a brand to look like crap on Amazon. Okay. I said, I said mine, you can go. So the one, the one I'm referring to is PNG, right? And even okay. you, we okay. look at their products and, and they're just misaligned. We know exactly why Colgate's number one and Crest is number two. Yep. Um, and uh, we've looked at, it's funny you mentioned Nike and Adidas or Adidas, however you pronounce it. Adidas, um, yes, I love that. But, but these are, I mean, these are really big, powerful brands. And I, and I think at some level, some of these companies today are successful because they were successful, mm -hmm. right? And they're still and riding they, the wave. And they're riding the wave. They're, they're riding the wave. And I, I would be... Over time, uh, it will deteriorate, I, I believe. It is. It's already happening. I totally agree. It's if they don't change their ways digit, with digital interactions, Nike will not be Nike. Adidas will not be Adidas in 20. I don't know what the time frame is, but 20 years plus or minus, they will not be the same. I, I outrank major household brands on Amazon and have been for almost 10 years now. Chips yeah. like Chips Ahoy, Nabisco are nothing compared to my like mom and pop shop out of Arkansas that I'm yep. helping because yep. they're willing to implement the strategies and that we're talking about. And I'm outranking them for chocolate chip cookies on Amazon. Are you kidding me? I should not be able to do that. Right. You, I should not be able to do that. Um, that's why I love this space. It gives the small guy a chance. Yeah. I'm not, it, it may be that's exactly right. Maybe it's a great thing for, for wealth generation, right. Of, of the masses, because I, I think some of these companies, Think about it in terms of, well, if somebody pops up and they get big enough, we'll just buy them. We'll just buy that brand. Well, I guess that's a good thing too, right, for the, for the entrepreneur. Um, 
but it is shocking to me as 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 big and sophisticated and these companies have really smart people working there mm -hmm. but but i think they're right in the wave and they get paid a lot of money and they just don't want to put in the work and they they want to you know show up at the golf outing you know at the, the whatever the pga tournament is you know this weekend or or you know nba games or whatever they they want they're to like, go do that going to be on my watch right yeah exactly pretty i don't know i don't know tof i think like it's this topic of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And people do not know MySpace. I'll tell you that much. They do not have a clue. There's very few people. Um, and when I meet them, I get super excited, you know, because uh, I've been, you know, and my team is unmatched. I believe that. Like, I believe we're like top 10 in the world for what we do. And it's not even rocket science. It's just that we're ahead of everyone else because um, no one's doing it. No one's thinking like that. Um, you know, when I worked with Adidas on a project, it blew my mind. I didn't understand this. I didn't even know what the word entrepreneur meant when I first started just like freelancing to make some money on the side as an e-commerce manager. I didn't, didn't really know what entrepreneur meant. I was just making some side money. And um, I worked with Adidas off of Upwork. And um, I was working for an agency that white labeled me to another agency. So I was too deep. And then it was working with an Adidas team. Uh, a company that just got bought by Adidas called My Coach, and um, I won't give exact numbers, but they had like a a big agency working on their account that I was working for, and I'm like, how do they not know? I didn't know anything about Amazon then. This was like eight years ago, seven years ago. Didn't know anything about Amazon then compared to now. Um, and I was like, how do they? How do they have this big company? No one cares about Amazon. I looked at their advertising, and I was just brought in for a small branding project, like create these pages for them. Um, they had amazing photography. So early on, I, I got to work with a brand that had amazing content as far as photos and graphics and stuff. And that was something eye-opening for me. But also because the smaller brands didn't have that budget. But then, you know, then I, I was I begged five times. I begged five times to get the to get one of the, some of their advertising prod products because that was what I was obsessing about was the data at that time. And I was like, I can do better. I can do better. They're just like, they were just turning on ads on Amazon without like managing them and just like trying to hit these like spend goals. And I didn't understand that because I hadn't worked in a corporate company like that. That was just like, if we don't spend $100,000 this month, we're not going to get $100,000 next time. So we need to spend it. And um, the fact that they didn't care about ROI or ROAS or like ACOS as they call it on Amazon was just like, I was, you know, didn't have that mindset of that business acumen yet to understand why that would even be a thing. And I just begged them to give me their worst performing product from Q4 of last year. We were coming into the Q4 of the next year. I said, like, give me your worst one. Just what, can, what harm can I do with one product? And, you know, I outperformed them by several hundred percent ROI because they were just doing a horrible job. Um, and that was my light bulb moment. Really, I guess I just kind of fell into that story, but I that was my light bulb moment. Really, that was like I think I might be onto something. If the biggest marketing companies out there that are getting big retainer checks or big project checks don't care about this or aren't understanding this, there's going to be a lot of businessmen and women that will appreciate saving money like this and getting yep. segmented on Amazon and doing it the right way. Um, and that's when I kind of felt like I had something. Yeah, I. Uh excuse me the, the um the big three which i guess is what they're called right the big three agencies um the dollars this may be a little bit controversial to say but say the, it the, the the dollars 
these big agencies, the big three is who I'm really talking about, especially that they charge these fortune 500, 1000, 2000 companies. It's highway robbery. I'll just take one, one example, um, display programmatic. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest ripoff I've ever seen. Um, they, they all say they have some beautiful, you know, wonderful Rube Goldberg mousetrap. And they explain it a different way. They use really fancy words. And it really does sound very, very sexy, very sophisticated. And it's got beautiful colors when they pitch it in a wonderful deck. And they basically, they serve display the way they always have been, which is, you know, to, to audiences. It's what we were talking about earlier with distrust. Mm -hmm. And the way they execute um, with these DSPs and DMPs, it's garbage. It, it, it's 60% of all audience data is 90% wrong. Mm -hmm. um, what matters is intent. So this is another thing that, that the, the platform does, but basically the concept is to me, it's a very simple concept. Again, buyers and sellers are merely players on the field. Somebody else is in charge of, of refing the game. So if I'm looking to buy, you know, software or Ferragama shoes or reading glasses or whatever, when I go ask my question or do my search, somebody else shows me, they dictate what sites I get served. Well, if you knew out of the 2 billion websites on the planet for any given product, what are the 5,000 or 6,000 or 8,000 or 12,000 or whatever sites that matter, that get served in order of their importance throughout that research decision and, and buy phase. Well, then why wouldn't I just serve my ads on those sites? Mm -hmm. Because that's intent. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to educate myself. I'm thinking about making a decision or I'm ready to buy then why wouldn't I want my company to be shown to that user, that consumer, that customer in that moment along that customer journey, the likelihood that they're going to talk to me if you're in B2B or if you're in B2C buy from me, that likelihood goes up exponentially. And product it, targeting it's ads on Amazon. Yeah. Product we, they we, have display off Amazon, but on Amazon it's called product targeting. Um, we, we literally see people, when they deploy that, they quadruple their click-through rates on half the spend. And if they're running their own, is that what you mean? If they're running their own ads, or if they're using one of these advertisers, or, or they can use whoever, they can use whatever platform they want. Our, our customers okay. just up to Google and run them from there. Um, but the people are paying these exorbitant numbers for for these DSPs and the DMPs, and and the, the mm -hmm. big three these are charging hundreds of millions. This is a multi multi billion dollar industry that. Um, is sloppy, you know, ninety percent plus inefficient for no reason. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's listening that's spending that kind of money, I can I can, I can save you guaranteed. We'll save at least half of it. Um, hey, and this is about talking, telling it how it is on this podcast. Yeah. Like I'm trying to give out real value, and people yeah. can take my my opinions or not, or your right. opinions or not. Right, it's their choice, y'all's choice. Like, <laughs> but just as people that have obsessed in this space, um, yeah. you know, I like to say it like it is, and. Um, you know, so I appreciate you saying that, number one. And I don't disagree. Amazon is making a huge push for display ads. And as someone that's worked with their team that you have to pay, you know, 30K a month to be using their team with, AMG, they call it AMG at the time, um, Amazon Media Group. <clears throat> 
if we had a great rep and the reps are only there like six months to a year and before they move on, if we had a great rep, we would get pretty good results. And if we had that got segmented and was like caring about our program, and if we had a bad rep, we would see it go the complete opposite direction. And it was the level of like segmentation that they were doing or not. It was down to the person, not the quality, not are the ads successful or not. Um, and when Amazon rolled about product targeting ads like that, I told that all of my brands and I'm an Amazon advertising agency partner. So I've passed their certifications. I'm part of their pilot program of agencies. And, um, we're one of two, I'm going to just, just say this, get my plug. We're one of two agencies of those 60 that are service-based. The other are 58 are software. Um, cause I don't believe it's just sophisticated enough to not need the human aspect yet. Um, and you know, uh, the, they came out with display ads that sellers can run, advertisers can run. And I told all of my brands, we're not messing with it. I, I tested for sure, but it's like now three years in the making and it's coming back around and you can get a little bit more segmented with the audiences and whatever, but it was either on or off and it didn't work. And while Amazon was pushing it out and emails in them and every, you know, at once a week, they're getting these emails to use these ads, you know, as a, as an Amazon partner, I was like, we can't use these ads if we care about ROI and ACOS and the types of brands I'm working with still care about making some money, which I, I choose that on purpose because I like having fun making businesses actually profitable. Um, but <laughs> you know, you gotta say it like it is, you know? Um, and what's so uh, what's the movie? Uh, oh, it's a profit thing. What's the, uh, I can't, I'm sorry. The, uh, oh, anyways, I can't remember his name. The actor. I'm sorry. I'm not great with movies. I, it sounds like a good one. <laughs> Steve Martin. Steve, Steve Martin. Oh, okay. Thing. Well, I'm I'm actually like excited to show this to my SEO team. I think it would even be really helpful for us, even though it's not Amazon. Um, you know, we run our own marketing. We're our own marketing company, our own media company for our yep. company. Um, on top of running several others, and so running that strategy, like we have an SEO team um, that's outsourced, a pretty good little small team. But you yeah. know, I would love them hand this tool over to them and be like, Hey, align us here. Just make sure we're dialed in. You know, yeah. um, I want to be talking about this subject, this subject, this subject, like let's, let's really create for that. And my, my mentor, um, you know, the founder of this podcast, Matt DeCourcy, his blog strategy is just impeccable. Um, you know, they crush it, you know, talking thousands on thousands on thousands of organic views, you know, to the website, um, a month. Like, you know, and that's just like, I guess what I like to say is that long game strategy is actually the real strategy because with an ad, you have to have ads, at least on Amazon, you have to, you have to have ads. Um, but it's not the long game. That's the short game, get the churn, you know, figure out what keywords work, build those into your listings. But as you invest, like, you know, on Amazon, if you go through a Christmas, that's kind of like a christening, like that's a big deal. And and in the next year, you're going to grow. In my opinion, you get so much traffic during the holiday. Um, But it's those listings start to rank and it's something that will rank forever if it's great content, right? It's going to be there forever. It's an investment. Um, It's like real estate, you know, and it's an investment that's going to be there as long as you own it and maintain it. And um, the difference in paid and ads is like, sure, that's fast money. But like once it's there, it's gone. You got to do it again. You know, yeah, that's exactly right. We uh, before we solved this content piece, um, we wrote, I think it was 116 blogs probably in the in the first years of the company. And all of those blogs were largely wasted time and effort. And when we solved this issue, um, our, so four years into our company, in one year, we 12 x our inbound traffic adopting this strategy. So we, we drink our own champagne. 
right? We use yeah. our own platform for our own for our own marketing. 12x increase year over year in inbound traffic and 3x increase in sales. That's awesome. There's no no like trust statement like I use this stuff myself. This is how I've yeah. done it. This is what I've used. Yeah. I've created this because I solved for it and then now I'm offering it to you. Um yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, we're getting up on time. I want to give one more shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That team is what runs his blog. Um, that's the blog I'm talking about, Fullscale.io. They're amazing. It's an amazing team, amazing company. Check them out. Um, Toph, where can people find you? Where can they connect? Where can they find out about this awesome software we've been talking about? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. So if they want to check out the software, it's at demandjump.com. Demand. Okay. Dot com and then my name's Christopher Day and I can easily be found on LinkedIn. I, I can't remember the actual physical link, but Christopher Day at Demand Jump, and um, would love to to talk with anyone if if they want to uh, supercharge their their SEO and and look forward to to see if we can add value to your team. It'd be awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Um, and guys, it's not that expensive. It's not that expensive. I just wanted to let you know. Go check it out. Um, some of these tools that you know, can do some of this sales data research and things like that are like astronomically um, expensive. Um, this is not, you can get in there for a hundred bucks, it looks like, or a couple hundred bucks, you know, depending on what you need. And I think it would make a big, big difference in people's businesses. So I'm not an affiliate. I'm just saying, I believe, you know, when I see something that I believe in, I think it's a great tool. Um, and it's something that we do manually on the Amazon side. So definitely believe in it myself. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Um, I've had an awesome time just chatting it up. I did as well. Thank you very much, Andrew. You're welcome. We'll see you later, hustlers. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.